desolation talk. Take one. Are there going to be more takes? I was going to say. So like a take two and a take three? It's going to be all the takes there are. Thank you. Welcome, everybody. Today we're in beautiful Tahoe, sitting down with Chet Pimpkin, founder Belkin, and new active and involved hotelier. Chet, thanks for the time today. Teague, you are so welcome. We are so delighted to uh, have you and, and everyone here. And man, did you pick an unbelievably gorgeous day. I mean, look at this. Although, lucky you, you can come to Tahoe almost any time and you're gonna get a gorgeous day. Uh, well, it is beautiful. If you guys have not been here, come. Um, and there's plenty of snow. That's, we're not lacking for snow. I feel kind of snowed in at the moment, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, uh, we've, um, we have been praying for snow. And you got uh, it. apparently it's been working. Um, so um, this is one of the best snow years that uh, I've experienced in my 40 years of kicking around here and uh, we need it. Um, there is extreme drought in, in, in this area, just a short period of time before and uh, Delighted to let you know that the Sierra Snowpack, which is like a reservoir in and by itself, is like 250% of uh, average. Um, so uh, very exciting oh. times for us. And the conditions on the slope and just getting out in it, it is amazing. So when you get a chance, get out in it. I'm gonna add that a list <clears throat> of things to do. Yeah. And we've been talking just a short time we've been here, we've been talking to lots of people who are very excited. I'm like, does the snow get in the way? Like these cars can't go. They're yeah. like, we'll take it for all the benefits that you get from having tons of snow. Yeah, I ran into a couple of guests with their boards tucked un underneath their um, um, elbows and uh, they had big grins on their faces. And I think that they'll be grinning bigger by the time they get back. Yeah, I'm a little jealous. I gotta borrow a board from somebody. Um, all right, so tell me where we are. What's this hotel? And then we'll talk about you and how we got started. Yeah, so uh, we are sitting in the Desolation Hotel in South Lake Tahoe, brought to life by the most unbelievable team of people that uh, you will ever meet in your entire life that are just eager to um, show you everything that Tahoe has to offer from their perspective. And if we're doing things right, we're a portal for anything and everything you want to do here um, with a lot of insightful local knowledge to help guide the way. Well, I got it last night at dinner and even at breakfast this morning. I mean, it's very much a family mm -hmm. atmosphere in the hotel. Was that part of the vision? Yeah, yeah. So I think you might even have mentioned to me that I felt like I was walking into somebody's house <laughs> and that's exactly what it is we want you to feel. We're all family here. And uh, the second that you're beginning to interface with us, you're in the family uh, too. So um, yeah, very, very family feel. Here. I did, I, I accidentally, but I, I barged into the bar restaurant <laughs> last night, bar filled with friends that I think half of them, if not all of them work here, Yeah. Uh, on their day off here hanging out. And I barged in like Kramer or Norm, thought <laughs> I had interrupted. But very friendly, very welcoming. Well, a cocktail. well, not a bad sign. The people are working here when they work here, and then they come back just to hang out here as well. Which starts from leadership. All right, so tell me, 
So Belkin, not a small company. So how do we get started? How did all that happen? Sorry, start off again. Where are you from? Where are you born and raised? Yeah, so born and raised in the LA area LA. in Southern California in the city of Hawthorne. That's home of the Beach Boys and uh, SpaceX and a um, oh, yeah. lot, of, lot of aerospace work there. Uh, so my dad was a machinist, uh, originally from Oklahoma. My mom from North Dakota. So I was Thank raised you. with those in credible values in Southern California, spent a lot of time uh, in machine shops, uh, so around a lot of manufacturing and innovation around aerospace, and then spent a little bit of time at the horse track. Uh, it's what my dad liked to uh, do, so awesome. learned a handicap at a at a early age. And he had owned a machine shop for a while, and I don't know if it was because of that or something else. Maybe it's because at the places that I worked, people weren't always receptive to what I thought at least were um, good good thoughts. I really had a strong motivation to do um, something, to kind of start something. And not just something, but something that would be special and would be really beneficial to a people. Um, and then had this awakening that technology and computers might be a pretty big deal. This is in the late 70s, uh, early 80s. Got a self-education -edu on that. Started to come up with experiences that would help people. And, and help me, but though, but this is sort of yeah. up. But this is a teenager. Uh, yep. Mm -hmm. I mean, your first jobs you're talking were as a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. So I and your I brain child was as a teenager. You started. How old were you when you really started? Talking? Yeah. So 16, 17 yeah, when right. the first early, uh, yeah. early bits were. And I, uh, I, I worked at the Wise as a day camp counselor, uh, worked oh. with marginalized kids for a while, um, still do a lot of that on a volunteer basis. We'll get into that. Worked at an electronics uh, firm, so got a little bit of experience uh, there. So just happened to be the perfect set of ingredients. So uh, how old were you when you started Belkin? So, like official, <clears throat> and I'm picturing yeah. mom and dad's garage and some buddies. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, started off on my mom's dining room table yep. that lasted for about two weeks and she kicked me out. Um, and so then moved to the garage. So I was doing that on a part-time basis at night. So I'd sell stuff during the day a little bit, make it at night, and then was doing other stuff just to help to kind of keep the lights on. Um, and uh, then I got fired. <laughs> from my daytime job. I think I was paying more attention to my nighttime yeah, gig right. than I was my daytime gig. And that was in October of 82. So I've been doing uh, that on a full-time basis ever since. And so help me with Belkin. I mean, at my layman's is it's cords and connections and things. What was, what was the brain? You're studying something, decided computers were the next thing and they just needed to, be, to talk to each other? Like, help me. Yeah, so in the early days, um, there were a lot of brilliant engineers doing a lot of great work, but everything was done in silos. Okay. So there was not like one set operating system that everybody used. There wasn't one particular way to like connect your printer. Everything was different. And uh, so the beauty of Belkin was we took all these things that weren't really designed to work elegantly together and created an elegant way to have them all work as um, uh, one. And, and again, we're really keen on 
creating magical experiences for folks, and that was the magical experience that we created. So who's your customer? You know, was it, is it the individual or was it corporations? I need... Yeah, so um, um, I am so old <laughs> that, that this is going back to a time when not only the engineering and the manufacturing of PCs and tech was really fragmented, yes. but the way in which you bought things was also really fragmented. Yes. So there were none of these big box superstore kinds of things. It was a very, very small <clears throat> regional neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, and so we started in the uh, local LA area and then we took our first ad out in PC Magazine, and then that's when we broke out of the local area. That would have been like in 83. Um, and then started to go to the computer shows, Comdex and the Consumer Electronics Show, and um, uh, first national, and then North America, and then um, global. Um, but we were always fortunate to be able to attract unbelievably great talent and it's that talent that brought all of that to fruition. How were you able to track that talent? Do you yeah. think it was what you were doing or do you think it was you that they were attracted to? So I, I think, know my answer. So I think that it was a really exciting time to be in tech and a lot of people just had an appetite to try to be in that space. And then I think the culture where we really celebrate people there and um, We've have, we have always had a really clear vision, um, but then we empower people to uh, be able to find their right fit and, and how they are able to um, uh, help to find ways to make great things happen. I think that, that people really love that. And then um, the brand and the organization grew quickly. So for people that like change and a real dynamic place to work and a lot of growth, there was no better place to be. If you wanted consistency and things to never change, then it probably wasn't an, an ideal place. So we were fortunate, people were clamoring to them get in. Were you surprised with the success? Hmm. The um, opportunity seemed like too rich. I mean, it like seemed like too obvious. I mean, it was obvious like all of this was going to happen. Yes. And the experience was really, really bad. And we were making it really, really good. So it sort of seemed inevitable. This was just, this was going to work. Now, there were times when like a big account would go out of business or there's a cash flow crunch yeah. or things just weren't working where I'd bury my you know head in my hands uh, for a while and 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 things seemed very very dark and that was usually later in the day at night but in the morning then we're you know right back at it again who who were the big customers let's see so in the early yeah. years um, it was it was just a really fragmented market uh -huh. Then we had a major breakthrough with um, Apple. So they had just oh, come out yeah. with the 2C. And the 2C was supposed to work mostly primarily with an Apple printer. But the bulk of the printers that people had out there were these things called parallel printers. So we invented, we engineered this device to enable the 2C to work with all of these existing printers. And then 
Steve Jobs and Apple, of course, are just brilliant with design. And we take the ability to like choose fonts um, as, as something that, um, uh, well, we take it kind of for granted. Granted, exactly. Um, but at the time, uh, was it, it was amazing. And so to do the engineering that enabled the font from the Mac to appear on your parallel printer. Oh, wow. so, um, um, so then everyone that sold Apple stuff uh -huh. um, generally started selling Belkin stuff and um, also put us on the path of uh, a very mutually rewarding relationship with Apple. Yeah, because I'm just thinking, that was, uh, I may be off, but that was you know, sort of the early stages of Microsoft. IBM was going from typewriter to computer. Yep. Um, uh, Apple was, yeah, I'm thinking the Apple IIe. Yeah, uh-huh, like, yeah. One and, of the predecessors to the 256, yep. one of those. And uh, yeah, so you guys, but nothing was talking, fragmented. You're, what you saw was how do we get these, how do we get my computer to talk to the printer? Right, yeah, and, because. And let me pick a font. Yeah, yeah, because users weren't, interested in like having a computer per se or having a printer, they wanted to be able to do word processing. Yes. Or they wanted to be able to do something on a spreadsheet. Yes. Or they wanted to have an accounting package for their small business or for their hotel. No. So don't bother me like with all of these complications and pieces and things. Just give me something that elegantly solves my issue. And um, there was a missing piece there, and we uh, were able to help with that. And part of the surprise, were you shocked that, that there wasn't a bigger player solving that? So there were a bunch of companies addressing it. No one was as passionate, at least in, in our view, of being focused on the end consumer experience. And that just we just completely devoted to that. And with that devotion came the engineering and the innovation that um, we hope um, was a little bit better than what anybody else had to offer out there. Fascinating. Yeah, it was really fun stuff. And, and it is fun stuff. And today, and I should ask your involvement still, but today it's, you know, I just think of Belkin as, I don't know, wireless charging stations and cords and for my iPhone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think a good way to think about it is, um, Connectivity, yeah. so anything that, that gets connected, and it could be like in the local area network or around you and in your phone. It can be in a wider area network with access to the um, internet. It can be wired or wireless. Um, power is another great way to think about it. Mm -hmm. Wired and wireless. Um, and then um, gaps inevitably get created with the next advancement in tech and really awkward user experiences again. So yep. anything and everything that bridges those kind of awkward moments, um, we uh, work hard to uh, make um, all of that elegant again. So, so adapting a lot of things sure. the way that it used to work to the way that it can work now and, and sort of lighting that up. And then really extensive ecosystems around new advancements. So, when Apple came out with the iPod, um, we had an ecosystem of accessories that allowed the iPod to do things that mm -hmm. Apple probably 
Well, they may not have fully envisioned, and um, we were fortunate enough to be invited to um, help to light up that whole ecosystem. So that had to be a big help. Yeah. When was that? What year was it? That was fun. Boy, when did the iPod I come know, out? I know, I'm trying to um, think. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not sure. So, but it, what's, sorry, where my brain went to, what's fun and scary, um, you're sort of always, your latest, pro your last product is sort of always being functionally obsolete, right? The joys of technology. But what sounds like the strength of you guys were able to do was always continue to reinvent because as the world was evolving, became gaps and holes yes. that you could think through and fill. Nobody has said that any better than the way you just said it. Oh, really fun <laughs> and, and really scary. Yes. And the really good news is we could screw up completely and it would be okay because it was a next generation, generation. and things were gonna be disrupted again. But no matter how things were at any moment in time, in, in one way it didn't matter because everything was gonna get disrupted. And Steve Jobs talked about, hey, it is important for Apple to do our own disrupting. And uh, that was very critical for us as well. So that, it sounds like you were really close with Apple. Um, and I don't know if Steve yeah, personally. Yeah, but, no, I think that that's true, yeah. yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah. I'm not saying piggyback on them. Yeah. Well, it's been, yeah, it's been a really good, um, we're honored and delighted to have been able to play a, you know, sure. a very small role in their large, great ecosystem. Rising tide raises all ships. Good, yeah. Good partners. So how involved, are you still involved in Belkin? I am. So uh, I stepped down as CEO yeah. a couple of years ago, yeah. and uh, there's a brilliant um, CEO in place there, Steve Maloney, who's, who's got a brilliant team. Um, and they are doing things much, much better than anybody ever did before. So it's really rewarding <laughs> sure. and fun to watch them um, uh, do, do, do their thing. But I'm on the board of directors of the parent organization and um, um, there to be as helpful as, as I can be. And I'm assuming you sold, sorry to get too personal, but I'm assuming you sold to a larger entity who bought Belkin? That I is right, remember. yeah. Yeah, so Belkin was acquired by Foxconn Interconnect okay. Tech, wow. a publicly traded subsidiary of the big Foxconn that um, makes uh, most of the um, electronics that are sold in the consumer electronics space. I love it. All right, so now so now we sell. When was that, yeah. when did we sell? It was about four years okay, ago. Okay, and now we're yeah. now now we're getting starting to get bored. Yeah. What do we do with our time? Yeah, yeah. So um, never really feel bored, um, and uh, I was fortunate to be able to be doing a bunch of other things in conjunction with Belkin, really since for um, ever. So I've, so I've always been active in real estate, and very active with a bunch of other startups, mostly tech related companies. Um, and um, so as Belkin got increasingly global, I was spending a lot of time away from home around the world. Um, so staying in hotels, of course, and never quite had the experience that I was looking for. So we're there on business. We're supposed to get our work done, and we do. But I also want to immerse myself in the area where, wherever that is. I was always a bit surprised and disappointed that the staff that was hosting me in the spot wasn't a little bit 
more curious about helping me become acquainted with their area. And um, that's been nagging at me for a couple of decades that there's just a better way to undo this and um, was, was looking forward to uh, the ability to do just that. So did you say, we gotta do it, we gotta do it in Tahoe. I mean, I know you've been coming and playing here yeah. your entire life. Yeah, so, you're so, familiar. I guess, so I guess my life's got a few like key areas. Um, certainly consumer electronics and tech is one of those. Um, nonprofit and community service yeah. work is another really big one for yeah. me. And the outdoors is, is maybe the biggest for me. I never feel as one with myself and as connected um, as when I'm out in the woods, uh, generally in the mountains. So have been doing a lot of that in Tahoe for 40 years. And uh, yeah, so it was a natural intersection to try to do something good for the community here, try to do something good for um, uh, the environment and, and for the basin, uh, to do good for people's experiences here. Again, to be a portal, to be able to um, bridge for folks um, what their adventure in Umtaho could look like. And um, yeah, so it just sort of had to be here. And here we are. What, what activities? What, what, what do we do in Tahoe? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I will start with the things I do. So uh, Harriet's here uh, with me, our loyal our, sidekick, our, our, our little white lab, and Harriet and and I um, hike year round. So um, usually, um, where it is we hike the most is in the Desolation Wilderness, which is also in South Lake Tahoe. We're sort of on the east side, and then okay. that that is on the west side. So we're, we're very inspired um, by, by that. Um, we've had such abundant snowfall. I haven't been over there for a few weeks. I have to get my courage up. It's gonna take uh, a little bit extra work just to kind of work through the amount of snow that is over there, which is a great thing. Um, and so we think about that kind of as like is our it open? I mean, backyard. Might be yeah. yeah, you know, things will close for the season, but that means the parking lot is closed or the rest area is closed or the rest room is closed. Always but, ways around it. But basically uh, the forest is um, always open. So then we think about that as our backyard. And then our front yard headed right out this um, direction is at the foot of Heavenly. So we're like a five minute walk to the gondola there. And um, there's Van Sickle by State Park. And uh, so, so we are hiking there on a year round basis. We have never snowshoed as much as we have this winter, just a reflection on the amount of snow. And when you first go out, you're kind of like creating the path for the first time. And then generally you just keep working on that. But this season it's been dump after dump. So, you, so you're kind of re-creating those first steps over and over again. There's downhill skiing and um, uh, boarding. Um, so you can take the gondola up just a few steps from here and you can ski, you know, almost all the way down. Um, and then in the summer, uh, there's all kinds of uh, fun stuff on the beach, on the water, um, kayaks, canoes, stand-up paddle boards, um, swimming, lounging. 
And then for uh, other folks, they um, like the uh, dining. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a lot of great experiences uh, here. We've got our beautiful pool that is open year round, our um, hot tub, our um, sauna, and people really enjoy sort of these indoor, outdoor, hot, cold kinds of the experiences that um, we uh, help to make happen here. What, uh, yeah, I will say, this is a pretty special place. I haven't spent a ton of time here, candidly, but it's one of the few places. You have, you have all the mountains, you have the town, you have the people, and then you have, oh, by the way, this beautiful lake. Yeah. That's right here, which seems to separate from your typical sort of ski town. And I like. think that that's right. Uh, the Lake Tahoe Basin is an extraordinarily special Feels place. Like it. it is. Um, and uh, Lake Tahoe is one of the most precious gems in the world. Um, the uh, quality of our water, its clarity, its purity, um, just the grandeur of where it all mm -hmm. sits here is just absolutely amazing. And there are very few places like it um, around the world. And we're very grateful to the agencies and to the groups that um, are great overseers of this basin and um, help all of us to be good stewards um, of this place and the special gym. Feels like a special place. Uh, so what do you like better, summer or winter? So I like it year round. Um, I never get tired of summer. I look forward to winter, but I never get tired of um, summer. By the end of winter, I can start to feel a little, little tired of uh, winter and uh, ready for some and milk. yeah, ready, melt this now. ready, ready, ready for a little break. And um, all the locals here, all of us, we have spent an unbelievable amount of time just digging out. I mean, we <laughs> I want the snow to tell. come here. We we want it. We want it to keep coming. Um, but we spent a lot of time this winter digging out. I yeah. can see that. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about family. How many kids? A bunch. So uh, a bunch. Uh, we have seven kids. Seven. My wife Jan <laughs> God uh, bless her. always said she wanted a big and family, and uh, I think she got it. Yeah. Yeah. So t tell me, how many boys? Yeah. So so we have six boys and one daughter. One daughter. Yeah. Um, and grandkids? Uh, five. And so. and counting. Uh, probably, yeah. I don't want to overcommit anyone, but uh, another son and and his uh, beautiful fiancés getting uh, married here in uh, Tahoe um, in uh, May, and yeah, we'll see what. And you start bribing people for store. grandkids? No, I think that probably come on its it own. probably crossed my wife's mind, but she's gonna start. Yeah, no, I think that life just generally works out the way that it's supposed to. So uh, what do they do now? But have, did they work in the business? I'm curious about that. They work at Belkin? Yeah, so all of them do different things. Um, almost all of them spent a little bit of time at Belkin, which I was really, really grateful for. Their um, choice, your choice? Definitely their choice, but I invited them to do it. And part of the motivation for that invite to them was... Belkin wasn't the biggest part of my life or my existence, but we spent a lot of time at work. Um, and it just give them another window into um, me. Um, so I was grateful that um, almost all of them spent at least a little bit of um, time there. Uh, but our daughter Lisa's a teacher. She teaches where, where I went to high school. She replaced a teacher that was there 
um, uh, when I was there. Um, and then, um, yeah, all, all the others are off doing various things. That's, it's fascinating, I'm gonna hit on this. It's fascinating you say that, that you wanted the, your kids to come see you at work and be involved and here's the culture and this is sort of what is to be expected. Yeah. Uh, selfishly, I'm in the family business. A lot of our industry is family business, second, third generation. Yeah. And you kind of get mixed reviews in there, right? Yeah. Uh, and it depends if you're the child or the parent. Mm. Um, I was told, don't come work here. Yeah. Go do something else, anything else at least first. And if yeah. you want to come, this will always be here. Yeah. So we get that a lot. Yeah. But I like the, no, no, come here, see this first. Oh, by the way, we can get a little closer, right? Yeah. And all of us is now that I'm the parent, um, I get that one a lot Yeah. easier. Like, come, come see me as a parent, come see what we do. Here's yeah. what I do on a daily basis that you may not get from the home life. So that's interesting. Yeah. Well, I think um, your experience is a fantastic experience and a real appropriate one if there's the possibility or the perspective that the next generation is gonna yeah. like take the business and run it, I think getting that outside experience is um, critical. Um, so I think that that's it's really, really thoughtful and a great plan. Um, um, there was never any thought um, that like one of the kids would be running Belkin, Belkin yeah, um, too, too and big. so they would have had to have gotten the experience earlier, or you know they might not ever, ever, ever get it. Um, and it might have been influenced. I spent a lot of time in the machine shops where my dad worked, mm -hmm. um, and it was great just seeing him there. It gave me a completely different, different. perspective on him. He was just a artist with metal. And um, so all these people coming to him with um, an engineering and a manufacturing issue, but like, how do we get this solved? And watching him do that kind of stuff, because especially like when I was a teen, I mean, our parents are, yes. the, you know, the, the least experienced, least thoughtful, yes. least smart people <laughs> yes. we know, right? Um, and uh, that, that was definitely not the case. And then and then the early days of Belkin, I was doing everything by hand. Sure. He would watch me and then he would take like the connectors and the cable and, and that sort of thing. And then he would make the tools, he would machine the tools that automated um, all of that, so. That, that's a fascinating, this is why I love these, it's a yeah. nugget I get every time, but that's a great perspective that I, I'm not sure I'd really thought of. Um, and again, we have a family industry, family business, but all of our, a lot of our people are in it. So yeah. I, I, I was very fortunate. I worked with my dad. I was very close with him. He was a great mentor, and I probably haven't put enough emphasis on that. But that brought us a lot closer together, yeah. working on a day-to-day -day basis, working together. What a gift to be able to spend that much time with right. one another, Agreed. right? I mean, like it or not, and fortunately for me, I've, I've loved it. If we enjoy our work, we never have to work a day in our life, yes. right? Um, but if we uh, are spending that much time at work, it's, it is great to be able to have that um, intersection. And it's the way that things used to work, yes. right? I yes. mean, families were right there with the uh, mom and the dad and, and the other family members making everything happen. And it wasn't until uh, relatively recent times that people went off and then you lost visibility to um, all of this. And I think, 
probably every parent just wants um, for their kid to be able to find her path or his own path and and to feel the reward and to have purpose in their lives and that's all we you know care about but um, selfishly I'm, I'm lucky I'm close to all of my um, kids and I'm able to spend a lot of um, time with them and really aware that that's not true for everybody and yes. that's a real gift selfishly uh, I don't think I'll get the luxury of work with my daughter she's far too talented and is going to go do other amazing things yeah but, all right so what's next so what's next yeah so um i don't think we'll ever stray far from just this focus on creating experiences for okay. folks so it's just the experiences that we're going to create and how we go about creating those so i don't think i'll ever stop doing that in the tech space it's just too much fun and and too rewarding I'll never stop doing it in the community service space. Oh, We've yeah. leaned in hard to education um, over the last 15 years or so, and I would expect that that, that will continue. Um, but we try to be very positively disruptive there as well. Yeah, talk about um, that a little bit. Yeah, so, um, so I was active with the Boy Scouts and the YMCA as a, as a teen. So... I don't know if it was in my DNA already to be of service to others or if being around those places kind of injected it in my mm -hmm. DNA, um, but have uh, always felt that it's, that it's critical to um, be there for um, other people. Um, and then started to come to the realization that if the home life wasn't good or the school experience wasn't mm -hmm. good, we could move the needle in this third place a lot and barely move the needle for the kid at all. Mm -hmm. So then that had me shift over to education. And it's my view that the traditional education system works fantastic for the people that it works fantastic for. That might've been your experience, it was mine, but there's a lot of people out there that are not well served. And it's not that they're not smart people. It's yeah. not that they're not gifted people. The way that some of us learn is not the way that it's served up to us. And so why not serve up education in a way that is a fantastic fit for everybody else? And fortunately, there's tons of data out there about like what works. Not enough people taking that data and putting it into um, practice. And uh, so we've done that with with some schools that we've we we have created. We've tried to affect policy. We try to be open source. So mm -hmm. come and look at what it is we're doing. If you can borrow some of that or replicate some of that, great. If 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 you can make it better, you know, even better. Try to stay really flexible and really adaptive. Our education system is also really rigid it's hard to be positively disruptive and so we try to have a model where that's not the case that we're yep. positively dis disrupting all the time and so yeah the thing that is next is this focus on these experiences for folks and uh we want to do that in this kind of space here too so I, I think i've shared with you but i have a friend who um has a daughter 13 who's um uh learns differently and I, you know, it's been explained to me, her senses combine. So she sees 
numbers and letters in color, uh, and she'll, words have a taste to them. Um, layman's explaining this. Yes. Um, and but she's a brilliant artist. Yes. Pitch perfect musician. Yes. Sing, tone, all of yes. that. So skill sets that I don't have, yes. assuming you don't. So th there's a brilliance that they could do more, better than we could. Yes. Um, and my friend's frustration with the school and talking with the principal and they're like, yes, we'll figure it out because she doesn't fit in the box. Yes. And he's like, oh, this is unique. And my friend says, yes, but there are nine kids like this in your school. Yes. What an amazing gem of a human being she is. Right. How much right. she matters. Those gifts are so special and so precious and they are to be celebrated. And it's um, nonsensical that our society is set up the way that it is that rewards particular gifts and doesn't reward other ones. Right. And um, it's, it's nonsensical and a tragedy that we don't meet students like her where she is and our schools are all about meeting the student where she is, where um, he is, and adapting to that and what works for her and what works for them. And um, um, our staff, the people that deliver on this model day in, day out, are um, gifts. And um, some of the biggest rewards I ever get are some of these students coming up to me and saying, um, I was told that I couldn't learn, and that's false. And uh, here I'm learning, and um, I was abusing myself, and and that sort of thing. And I'm not doing that anymore. So, you know. And they found other that is stuff them. that matters. Yeah, yeah. I can see. Oh, I can it's see uh, that yeah. No, it's yeah. No, I'm definitely having an experience sharing it, um, and. Um, uh, yeah. So uh, yeah. So these people matter, and 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 this work matters. Yeah, it seems like that's mm -hmm. your passion more than sort of the rest of what we're doing. Yeah, I don't know. Success. It's uh, <laughs> I don't know that I could force rank them. Um, sure. I sort of I sort of um, benefit from it all. It is it is all rewarding um, because yeah. the education element is critical, right? But it's not everything that there is to life. And I think of myself as a lifelong learner and all of this is education too. So the work that we do here, we invite um, people to um, join the team that mm -hmm. have got no experience with us whatsoever, but just an interest to grow and, and uh, develop. And we do everything we can to empower our people, develop them, and not to handcuff them. It's not like, okay, we have invested in you and right. so now you're stuck here. Uh-uh. If we're providing the right environment and path for you here, great, for as long as we are. The second that it makes more sense for you to be able to contribute in this world in some other way, we support you with that. We celebrate that. And then we celebrate another person coming on board. And when you're running an environment like that, I mean, yeah. How fun is that, right? Uh, um, how, how successful and productive are the people on that team? How much fun are they having at work, right? And this just cascades and, and, and just uh, 
and then it translates to the best guest experiences in the world. So I Hopefully, saw it, like the one you had. I saw it firsthand last night. I'll say it, echo it again. Uh, again, barged in. There were there were seemingly employees that were here on their day off that wanted to hang out with their friends. I think I think they'd been skiing and it was operating. They were coming yeah. to hang out. So again, I sort of interrupted, but they were very welcoming. Come, hey, can we buy you a drink? Who are you? Welcome to our house. Yeah. Uh, and then I noticed the cocktails, right? The craft cocktails were there. Were all dog names. Yeah. Uh, which I then with pictures yeah. of the dogs, which yeah. I learned were all the staff's dogs. Yes. And the photos. And yes. the staff drew one of the drew the photos. Yes. And this is, I guess, empowerment. I mean, yeah. they feel heard. They yeah. feel ownership. They feel a part of it. All of that. I mean, how personal is that, right? How connected is that? How invested is that? How creative is that, right? And um, uh, Brian, one of our brilliant servers, has got um, a keen um, tourist in um, in in um, in graphic arts, and uh, why not have the chance to be able to do that here? And you saw the images of the Great. pups. I mean, the work is uh, amazing. So um, how do I assume it was professional? He was like, no, no, yeah. I, drew, I drew those. It, 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 it yes. was professional. Yeah, it I think is. it is. Yeah, yeah. Was there a Harriet <laughs> drink? I don't remember. Yeah, 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 remember. yeah. Uh, Harriet's, Harriet's in there. It, uh, her, her drink is Harriet of the dog, I think, yeah. Oh, that might have been what I had. I can't, yeah, I can't it's remember. our take on a Bloody Mary, I think. I can't yeah. remember. Yeah. Uh, Chet, this is fantastic. Thank you for the time. Thanks for letting us barge in and sit down. I love everything you're doing. I love your outlook on life. Uh, welcome to the hotel industry. It's a great uh, group of people. So jump in and come be a part of it. I'll introduce you to as many people as I can. Yeah, we're excited to have you here. Um, it's been so beneficial learning from you uh, over the last 12 hours or so. And um, we uh, look forward to learning much, much more from you and, 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 and from your teams and from your network. And um, yeah, we're just... D delighted to be here and to be a part of it. I love it.